XFL Fantasy Guys. Who's back? Back at it again. Us. Episode two. Up earlier in the week, just like we promised. Uh, what's today? Tuesday. We'll probably have Tuesday. it out by Wednesday. So hopefully have this out by uh, tomorrow morning for you guys. Um, but yeah, just to keep in mind, all this is uh, coming in at you guys on Tuesday. So keep in, uh, keep your ear to the ground for more news. You know, throughout the week. Uh, hopefully, eventually, you know, we'll be able to expand to multiple days per week. But you know, Maybe for the time yeah, being, quit like depth chart check on friday nights or something yeah i'm not sure to drop like random little bonus you know episodes here or there you know <coughs> um to be worked out in the future though um yeah so uh let's get back into it officially want to say even though not on the drop name has been decided for this podcast it will be the extra fantasy football podcast um xffb for short um really looking forward to kind of you know just building this up keeping the content coming for you guys and uh yeah whatever the future holds here yeah once again uh not to skip any intros it's mark weber over there across from me and mason lammers here um eventually we're gonna have our buddy brian coming in or at least calling in um he was gonna be in today but he's not Uh, a couple disclaimers we got a little dog running around so if you hear uh that in the background yeah a little pitter patter yeah that's just uh uh, henry the official podcast mascot um but yeah he'll be annoying us periodically throughout this podcast so um that's what those sounds of uh frustration randomly will be same format as last week though um news game recaps studs and duds waiver wire as and drops week three preview well betting action and then uh, just some notes moving forward. We're going to be changing the host. We're on Anchor right now. We're going to move it over to something like Podbean so we get an actual site and a uh, email so you guys can send us, I don't know, questions, reviews, whatever. Um, but I'll get that yeah. sorted out this week. Social medias too yeah. should be coming out. Uh, hopefully we can drop you know extra you know content there for you guys too, whether it just be stuff that we pull from you know the podcast itself or just exactly. extra stuff that we put out too as well. Um, yeah, um, hopefully have those out for you guys. Like we said, uh, either end of this week, beginning of next though. Um, for now though, let's just jump right into it. XFL fantasy news and questions. Mason, hit that drop. Cool, cool. Well, uh, yeah, first things first, I think we can call the XFL's, or uh, I guess I should just say professional football as a whole's return to St. Louis uh, a huge success. I mean, the crowd at that Dome was awesome. I saw that they narrowly beat out that Barely. first Seattle crowd by like, what, like a couple hundred, couple yeah. hundred maybe. Both over 30,000, so yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, awesome to see that. Um, 
also, you know, just kind of uh, a funny one. Uh, Mason, I don't know if you want to take this this bit. I know you put it in there, so you might be a little yeah, more excited. So, I mean, there's not it. a ton of XFL news this week as far as, like, players being moved around. There were a couple, like, defensive trades, but um, I, the headline news is always weird. But headline news this week was that Manziel tweeted earlier in the week that he wanted an NFL contract and then immediately deleted his Twitter account. And then got back on and explained that he did not want to play football. So just some classic Manziel for you. Um, so yeah. essentially, the news was no news. Yeah, a lot of a lot of no news. But yeah, kind of weird to think about what possibly could have happened with uh, with that uh, transpiring. I mean, I don't know how you go from wanting to play in the XFL to deleting your account entirely and then just saying, actually, you know what? I was just kidding about the entire thing. I don't want to play football at all. It's wild. <laughs> He's wild. Johnny Football always manages to make a headline here or there, I guess, especially with the the new leagues kind of popping up, you know, seemingly annually nowadays with the AAF last year. But, um, yeah, um, uh, that's just a little uh, tidbit on uh, on Money Manziel there. Um, as far as um, XFL TV ratings, um, we uh, I don't think we have the actual ratings, you know, as of right now, but I know we have some numbers anyways. Um Right now, XFL was the most sporting, uh, most watched sporting event. Uh, both the games actually um, in the U.S. on Saturday. Um, XFL Maybe. on ABC, one point nine. I don't know if that includes viewers. the fight though. The fight? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The uh, the boxing match that was so, there. So excluding the fight, I think it was the most watched sport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's uh, let's give uh, Fury v Wilder its due. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, XFL on ABC that first uh, game, uh, 1.9 million viewers. The Fox game later on, a little bit over two. Um, so gained some steam, you know, yep. throughout the day, which was awesome. Um, even though I think those Saturday games were a little bit um, lackluster compared to the Sunday ones. But, um, yeah, regardless, kind of some cool, um, you know, numbers, uh, figures to see there, you know, at least during daytime, you know, weekend programming. XFL is still, uh, you know, ranking on top. We'll see how they do with their uh, Thursday night game later in the year. Yeah, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to look. I, I saw that on the schedule, too, you know, a couple of weeks ago that uh, there will be Thursday night XFL football um, later on. Um but yeah, um, I think, you know, in terms of actual XFL moves, in terms of, you know, transactions, there's not much going on. Like Mason said, uh, the only really thing, uh, really big signing of note is going to be Ar- Armani Edwards. Um, boy, we talked about last week on uh, the podcast, you know, the great Appalachian State quarterback had a couple of uh, cups of coffee with a few teams, the NFL um, he uh, signed with Dallas. I believe he spent a little bit of time on Team 9 there, just kind of getting evaluated and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's the only one really kind of, you know, worth mentioning just because Dallas, I mean, outside of Flynn Nagel, haven't really been consistent, you know, in terms no. of, you know, a wide receiver breaking out or, you know, making, you know, kind of a, a statement, um, at least not as not so much as uh, the other teams. I know the Air Raids kind of – more focused on spreading the ball around and just kind of, you know, a lot of passes in general. So, um, but yeah, still something to look forward to. They should still kind of have that big name receiver. Armani Edwards has got some good CFL success, had great college career. Let's see what he can do, you know, with that, uh, that slightly below NFL caliber talent around him. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Um, I think that's just about it. Yeah. Like we were saying, you know, not a lot of news going on and stuff like that. Not a lot of transactions going on. Uh, I think, Oh, actually one more to note, which, probably won't affect anybody is um eric dungy third string dallas quarterback yeah, just went back backup. on his yeah went back on uh team leave for personal reasons and the renegades re-signed brogan rollback um so yeah something to maybe uh, keep an eye on uh 
moving forward here. Um, and um, yeah, um, let's we'll do some game recaps. That'll yeah. do it for the for the news. Yep, let's jump right into the game recaps. just kick it off with the first game of the weekend i think that was uh the houston roughnecks versus the tampa bay vipers and holy crap had me tilting a little bit had me tilting momentarily i was about to start hedging a couple of bets that i had just with how the game the game was going glad that i didn't though at the end of the day um houston you know still a little bit too much for uh tampa bay to handle at the end of the day uh houston wins 34 27 in tampa bay um I mean, it was possibly the game of the week. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Oh, People thought, uh, you know, Houston was going to come in and roll, even though they hadn't had an away game yet. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you have some more on, uh, on that off the top. Just didn't expect the Vipers to put up that many points. Uh, it definitely hit the over, which killed that um, other bet that we had. But uh, Houston still covered the spread, um, which was low. So, um, I mean, other than that, let's get into the game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, one thing to bring out of the the first half there, I mean, Quentin Flowers scored the Vipers' first offensive touchdown, only took, what was that, six quarters? Jeez, or Sorry, right. no, um, eight to ten quarters of uh, – sorry, math is terrible right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, ten quarters of professional football for the Vipers to score uh, their first offensive touchdown. Uh, Quentin Flowers running it in from, uh, you know, not too far out, but still, um, you know, doing his thing. Um, PJ Walker, Cam Phillips, you know, kind of stole the show, though. Um, yeah, they I speak mean, for themselves. I mean, the yeah. story still is that the Vipers are still swapping quarterbacks back and forth, and Cornelius was actually looking pretty good. I didn't think they needed to put Flowers in. Uh, I think it's just it's messing up his flow. You know, yeah. that when they pull him out and put Flowers in, he's not getting a rhythm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's going to be their pitfall all year if they continue to do that, yeah. swap in, swap out. I think they're probably just desperately hoping that Aaron Murray gets, you know, healthy. Yeah. Although, you know, he didn't play great in that first game. But, you know, I think he's still just watching how the other two kind of throw. He was still able to at least get into some sort of a rhythm. Whereas, uh, I mean, Cornelius kind of did, you know, in, in pockets throughout this game. But he was just, I think, like you said, you know, with him having to switch out so constantly with flowers it would just set him back and then he would have to take another two or three drives to get back into it so um yeah i think um weirdly enough taylor cornelius actually outrushed flowers who is like you know the gadget guy uh put up close to 200 in the air um but yeah alas nothing nothing doing for the vipers in terms of uh, grabbing a win um roughnecks are just the class of the xfl right now um they struggled a little bit which i think we both kind of thought you know that could be a possibility with them being their first uh you know road game and not you know i mean you know we saw how things ended up for dc and that was you know yeah uh you know we'll talk more about that later but um the road and home splits are definitely starting to uh, have some very noticeable trends. Yeah, I think as I had a note as... about that down in the betting section of the show, but I yeah. think it's uh, um, home teams are 8 and 12 yeah. after week three, so 75%. Yeah. Or I mean, 66%, math yeah. again, um, winning. So um, that definitely helped the Vipers. Yeah. Also, I mean, just to kind of, you know, if you want to put another pro in the Vipers column, I thought that the, the fang gang that they had going on was, was hyped out there. They brought in a lot more people than I thought that they would, uh, considering how 
terrible their first two weeks went, um, you know, going 0-2. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they turned out 18,173 people, which is about on par with, you know, the other kind of smaller um, uh, smaller stadium teams that have, you know, kind of, um, you know, been drawing people out. So, um, you know, I guess that's kind of a win in itself, you know, with Tampa Bay establishing a little bit of a home field presence, even though it may have looked lackluster in that big NFL stadium that they've uh, that they're playing in down there in Tampa Bay. Yep. Uh, let's move to uh, defenders uh, versus the Wildcats. Defenders uh, traveled to LA and lost thirty nine to nine. You called this one, dude. I was so right. I was so right. <laughs> <laughs> I was so right, and I love it. Um, no, I, I honestly, I, I think that if you just kind of look, you know, um, it looked at you know how far they had to travel. And how, you know, the those home away splits, you know, we were talking those trends that are emerging, you know, it's not that surprising, especially with them, you know, going all the way from DC to LA cross country. That's a big trip, you know, for a startup uh, franchise. So, you know, it didn't really, you know, completely shock me. I don't think too many people were completely shocked that the Wildcats won. I think what they were shocked was that they just blew the doors Flat off of the game. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, um, the DC, the spread that DC had, um, I think, you know, may have misled a few people, but at the end of the day, I was not fooled. Um, I was expecting the cats to win. Didn't think they were going to blow them out. LA just kind of found their offense, you know, at the end of the day, Josh Johnson found his timing that we were talking about, you know, it might take him a game he to kind of get into out. it. Yeah. The dude was lights out 18 to 25, 278 yards, three tugs. Um, couple of percentage points shy of that perfect QBR uh, had a rating of 148 on the game. Um, and I still think that he left a couple of plays out on the field. You know, he did miss a couple of easy touch passes that could have gone for even more yards. So, um, I mean, he could potentially be getting even, even better, you know, in the future as we move forward here. And I think yeah. His... It's only a second week in the offense too. So yeah, yeah exactly. You week know. three, they, <coughs> they should roll. Uh, let me see who they play. Let me I have it up here. Yeah. Uh, week four, we've got LA playing the guardians. So that uh, should be a freebie for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, they're going to New York now, so that's another cross-country trip that you have to take into account. So it might be a, a bounce-back game for New York by virtue of, you know, the, the travel issues that we've seen. But They'll um, bounce back like the Vipers. They'll score but lose. That's my, that's my theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, even I think Guardians fans will take that at this point. But um, uh, I, I digress from the, the Cats versus Defenders. Um, I think we saw the emergence of two possible new stars too with uh, Trey McBride and Martez Carter, who was uber just entertaining, man. That dude plays an exciting brand of football. I was loving watching that guy. He was flipping, man. (laughs) He was doing flips, front flips, back flips, you name it. You get him one more in the box, he'll do whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah, that sideline report was great. That was an awesome sideline report. Um, Love how he kind of called his shot there and, you know, made it happen later on. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we move to the other side of the ball with DC, I mean, Oof. they were just kind of flat all over the field. Cardale you know? had a rough game. Cardale, who apparently is human, just yeah, it wasn't himself. Thirteen to twenty-six, hundred and three yards. The four, the four ints. What? I remember you were saying while the game was going on, we were I, texting back and forth. You're like, I don't even think these guys trying anymore. <laughs> it, it, they were some. They were so blatant. Some of them, the the pass wasn't even ten yards to, near a receiver. Like it, they weren't even close. It wasn't. It didn't even look like a miscommunication. He's just hucking the ball up like he had given up. Yeah. He, he definitely his attitude turned in the second half, and he yeah. was just throwing the ball away. And you could tell this was a dude that was about to lose his uh, first professional or collegiate game ever. I mean, I think I know that was kind of like the story going into you know each one of. Uh, Cardale's, you know, first couple of wins is uh, can he, you know, continue his uh, winning streak from when he, you know, the games he started in college and things like that. So, um, and I'm not going to 
lie. I took a little bit of a uh, sick satisfaction in it just because I'm. Well, uh, you called the game. Uh, I oh, I called the game, but also you know going back to the 2014 national championship, the first college football playoff championship, my Ducks uh, got taken out by Cardale. So I think I can call <laughs> that grudge settled at this point because of just his attitude and his INTs. No, um, uh, I don't hate Cardale. He's an awesome, you know, awesome to uh, watch play and, and everything. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely, um, interesting to see how he kind of, you know, reacted to his, uh, you know, a little bit of poor play, some, a little bit of adversity. Hopefully it's something he can overcome in the, in the future games, just cause he's so entertaining to watch when he's on. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, he uh, took a couple of sacks, didn't, you know, wasn't immune to getting hit either. You know, I could see that uh, he was uh, barking at some defensive ends that were coming in and giving him a little heat. Um, you know, definitely didn't like it. But um, you know what? Goes to 13-1 and one at the end of the day uh, as, a, as a starter since high school, and uh, he's going to have to learn to live with it eventually. Yeah, he's going to have to travel to the Vipers next week too. So on the road again, uh, that's going to make it pretty rough. Two, two road games and pretty far travel both times too. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Look for the Vipers maybe to get their first win. Cool. And then, um, yeah, moving right along to uh, Guardians v. Battlehawks. I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. With, yeah, the Battle Dome took its toll on the Guardians. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I think, you know, we, we both kind of uh, – uh, subscribe to the theory that they weren't going to do much in St. Louis with yeah. how well they've looked through the first couple of weeks. At and, home, yeah. playing a team that can't figure out their quarterback. Yeah. It was an expected win big time. I don't know if you saw the pregame at all, too. Um, the film of that no. guy, uh, it looked like he was going to Buffalo Bills Mafia, that table that was lit on fire, <laughs> and then he just stepped in it. It was like, come on, man, step up your oh, fucking man. game. If you've got if you got the cameras on you and a it table of fire in front of you, you got to freaking – you got to body it. So <laughs> Good to but, see football yeah. back there, but they need to up their pregame. Yeah, yeah. Get on uh, – just take it to the next level, you know. It's nice to come out in volume, but, you know, sometimes uh, quality over quantity too as well. So, <laughs> yeah. If we start with the Guardians here, uh, it was yeah. the uh, McGloin train to nowhere again. Uh, he got pulled. Um, they put in the backup. He got pulled. They put in the backup. Like it just it it went nowhere. They were two for ten on first downs. Uh, their best quarterback was Luis Perez, who went in at the end of the game. They only went four for five, but he looked great. We'll see if uh, he can bounce back. I know he was a hit in the AAF. Yeah, yeah, and he was. Um, you know, he he is someone maybe to possibly look out for. I I haven't seen anything any like rhetoric about McGloin possibly getting benched. I think. I think that Gilbride knows that, you know, hey, we came into a hostile atmosphere after taking a butt kicking last week. This was just kind of, you know, almost an impossible task if you looked at it just with the how much anticipation that St. Louis home opener had. There was just kind of no way that they were going to come out of there with a win. Um, and I don't think it was ever more evident than, uh, you know, once the game actually got going. Um, I mean, St. Louis, I think they did exactly what they wanted to do. They ran all over New York. Yeah. Jordan Tomu didn't have to do much. He only threw the ball 18 times completed 12 for 119 um it was just the matt jones and Kristen mack he managed show. the game really or well Kristen yeah. Michael, i should say uh, they they lead the league in rushing and uh, that duo really showed it this week yeah yeah 28 attempts between the two for just under 150 yards each scored a touchdown jones led the way with 95 yards rushing um Kristen michael had that really you know sweet just battering up ram the touchdown that's, up the gut i think know. that's his role he's, yeah he's not going to be the bump it outside make a move and burn anyone he's going to be that bruiser yeah exactly i think you're going to just going to have to get him into the red zone and just kind of let him be the uh the touchdown vulture that uh you know uh 
we know and love. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Guardian's going to get a much-needed home game. Um, got to take on the start Wildcats, uh, you know, next week, like we're talking about. Um, yeah, check your, uh, check your Twitters and socials for uh, news on uh, possible quarterback changes for New York. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect it. I think it's still going to be McLaurin. Yeah. Yeah. I think he still has a lot of, you know, goodwill built up from um, the first game and just kind of like, you know, how he did at home and things like that. So um, get him back in the home environment. Let him try to, you know, right the ship. But I would expect him to, you know, if he, you know, probably have a shorter leash this week than he would, than he did last, last week when he was pulled at halftime. So um, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. But, um, you know, expect McLaurin to be out there. Um, Move on to the Dragons game. Yep, Dragons v. Renegades. Um, Dragons uh, 12, Renegades 24. Kind of just a tale of two halves in this one. Yeah, not what we wanted. It it was tied at half, right? 12-12. I think it was 12-6. Yeah, Dragons were up. And then it was tied 12-12 at the end of the third. Uh, Yeah. Renegades really only took it away in the last quarter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the kind of changing of the guard happened in that third quarter where – Dallas started to establish their run game, you know, out of that um, that um, um, air raid offense, and kind of when you have both of those ticking in such a pass heavy offense, like there's really not a lot you can do unless you're going to squash the run, you know, off the bat. Um, but um, yeah, um, I think um, you know Seattle was running the ball, they were throwing the ball. Silvers looked like the QB that you know Zorn probably thought he could be, uh, as far as just kind of hitting his spots, making accurate throws, da- going down the field. He had that nice throw over the top for uh, Farrow down the middle, made a nice contested catch, and you know pulled in the tug. Um, but yeah, at the at the end of the day, you know the uh, the new sheriff in town, Landry, right. Landry Jones, shows up Road and dog. yeah, just decided to take the game over. Um, I mean, with the help of his favorite target, uh, you know, Donald Parham, that freaking moose that they have Dude, out, you know, running tank. around. He's so tall. He's so big. I think man. he's like 22 or 23. He's yeah. really young. Yeah, he's like 6'8 and, you know, taller than, you know, a couple of people put together. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, two touchdown throws to Parham in the second half, including that third and long backbreaker for 65. You just, you know, took like three strides to get to the end zone from 65, 65 yards <laughs> yeah. out. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, they just kind of, you know, put at the end. I think Dallas just counterpunched and Seattle didn't have an answer. They couldn't, you know, punt. They had the lead. Um, Dallas showed a little bit of fight, you know, punched back, and then Seattle just kind of backed off after that. Yeah. Um, they couldn't get the passing game once the Renegades were up. Silvers couldn't couldn't come back in the game. Yeah, it is literally just, you know, and they were only down by 12 points, you know, yeah. at the end of the day with plenty of time left in the game. And Silvers just, I mean, talk about kind of like receding into the night. I mean, he yeah. wasn't playing with any urgency. Didn't want to throw downfield when, you know, the the situation clearly called for it. Just kept dumping it off, short little, um, you know, outlet passes and wanted to have someone else make the play for him. Um, I think this, you know, if anything, is just a tale of, you know, hey, this isn't a, uh, a league that you can play quarterback scared in and just have people, you know, other playmakers kind of take over for you. Um, you, need, you still need to go out there and make those plays yourself. Um, so um, I, don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily put this – on Zorn or his play calling or anything like that. I think it was Silver's decision making because it just looked like he like would get the ball and you know kind of do like a really quick half second scan and just look to dump it off as soon as possible. Yeah, it wasn't given enough time. I mean, we can't sleep on him either. He's got six touchdowns on the year, which is second place out of all the quarterbacks. So okay. I mean, he's yeah. their team isn't putting it together. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's they're not they're not gelling like they should be, but he's still producing. So. 
Yeah. Um, he's not somebody to freak out about. Yeah, not throwing for a ton of yards, but, you know, still remaining fairly accurate. And, you know, he is getting, you know, touchdown passes, as as Mason mentioned there. Um, yeah, that's a wrap on our game reviews. So let's jump into favorite segment of the day with uh, one of the best drops. Hit it. Here you go. <laughs> All right, let me get your studs, and let me get your duds. Studs and duds. All right, studs and duds. Cool. Um, uh, I'll kick it off just like we did last week here. Uh, I think we got a couple extra players to run through this week uh, since we were planning on our buddy Brian being with us, so uh, we'll run through these fairly quickly. Um, let's start off with our stud quarterbacks. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, for me, um, I went ahead and just threw out, um, yeah, the guy I just talked about at the, uh, with the last, uh, game review, Landry Jones on the Renegades. Um, I mean, get used to just seeing Landry here by nature of the air raid offense that they're running in Dallas. Um, 30 for 41, 41, Jeez. 41 pass attempts. I, that's gotta be, you that's know, heavy. one of the tops of the, of the year so far. Um, 274 yards, three touchdowns, two INTs, 73% completion percentage and a 95 QBR. Um, just a good crisp game from the quarterback that, you know, everybody kind of thought would be the class of the league, you know, coming in first guy that was signed, you know, it was kind of a big name and had all the potential in the world. He's got the chemistry going with Stoops, who he put, who was his coach at Oklahoma, um, and yeah, he just kind of lived up to the bill, you know, didn't really, you know, get, do make any plays that the defense didn't give him just was made nice, good decisions all game long. Um, made all the right throws, couple of INTs that he, um, you know, he threw those early in the game though. Yeah. I think that the dragons defense was really humming in that first half, uh, but he cleaned that up in the second half and it really wasn't an issue. Um, yeah, good, um, kind of a stat to throw in, uh, for, um, you know, as, as far as us talking about uh, home and away splits, Landry right now is two and zero on the road and the le- rest of the league is two and eight. Um, so I think his, wow. that's, that's where his like NFL experience, you know, his, you know, kind of like sage, like presence, probably being the old dude in a room full of, you know, 23, 24, 25 year olds that are just trying to make it back or make it into the league for the first time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, he's not somebody that you should necessarily be afraid to start on the road. And I think that's something that's relegated to maybe, PJ Walker and Jordan Tamu. Yeah. And so, and throw Landry in there. And I think, you know, you've got three quarterbacks that are probably matchup proof or, you know, home away proof. Yeah. Well, um, and he's definitely one of them. We'll see how uh, my stud quarterback, Josh Johnson, does on the road this week in New York. Um, but he was 18 for 25, 278, three touchdowns. He had a passer rating over the last two weeks of 114, which was the highest. I think this week you said he was just shy of the perfect at 148. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only a second start, so just look for him to get better. I know the road game is going to be a little hard, but to get the cushion of it being New York. Uh, and then um, just for uh, just for note take note taking here, PJ Walker, Brian Stud. I mean, we don't really need to talk about it much. 300 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. We're just trying to give you some extra depth by mentioning somebody else. Uh, Let's run into our wide receiver studs, though. Who do you got? Yeah, wide receiver studs. um, I got um, Mr. Johnson's favorite target of the game, um, Trey McBride, who just kind of came up and balled out, man. Um, Six targets, five receptions, 102 yards, two TDs with that long 40-yard bomb. 
Um, he had, you know, made all kinds of different types of catches. He made contested catches. He made wide open catches. And, you know, he just kind of, you know, made the plays um, wherever. Um, definitely established uh, himself as uh, reliable early on, um, just running crisp routes. Um, got himself open a couple of times. And then um, on that uh, on that 40-yard TD, I mean, I don't know if you caught his double move, but I went back and watched it this morning, and it is Dirty. nasty. <laughs> nasty, man. Um, he just threw a cut, and the DB just fell over like kind of all at once. It was awesome. If uh, you guys haven't seen that one, I highly recommend going and checking out that highlight. Um, yeah, uh, made also made that tough, te- uh, tough catch over the top for a touchdown um, on a tight throw from Johnson. So, um, yeah, kind of uh, someone that, um, you know, wanted, I'm sure the Cats were hoping somebody outside of uh, Nelson Spruce would, you know, provide some offense for yeah, them. Good to have two um, options there so, big time. Yeah, I think um, definitely I'm sure Spruce commanded, you know, some attention away from uh, McBride and, you know, allowed him to, you know, make those um, – make those plays all right my wide receiver said was cam phillips uh which i'm sure everybody's already aware of through the first three weeks he's got 20 receptions 324 yards and seven touchdowns more impressively three touchdowns two weeks in a row so what that that makes his touchdown to reception percentage like Uh, what it's over 30 (laughs) percent of his catches are touchdown catches (laughs) yeah over 30 percent so every third pass uh cam phillips is going to be a touchdown that's going to be fun to watch next week jesus um yeah biggest thing there is three tugs two weeks in a row don't want to be missing that um this week it was eight receptions for 194 and three tds pretty wild um he now has tied spruce for 20 receptions he passed him in yards and he passed the league for touchdowns the only person ahead of him for touchdowns is his quarterback Ooh, wild go. yeah i think he's got more touchdowns than most teams oh yeah that, i mean that would not surprise me especially with the stats we've been seeing with uh pj walker outscoring you know some other teams production too as well if you want to give brian's wide receiver a stud as well i know you're the one that oh wrote yeah that yeah, in. yeah yeah um I, I think yeah just for brian's stud um austin prole dragons had another awesome uh another awesome game kind of you know a quiet week too probably um you know um receded a little bit due to you know some extra coverage that he was getting from um uh, the Vipers during week two, but, um, yeah, nice little bounce back for him. Seven targets, eight receptions, 81 yards and a tug, uh, long catch of 29. Um, there wasn't a ton of offense in the second half for, you know, anybody on Seattle, but, you know, Prol still got his. So, um, I think he's, you know, established himself as a pretty reliable week to week target. Cool. Let's get the running backs. I'll give you mine first. It was Matt Jones, St. Louis. He had 15 rushes for 95 yards, one touchdown this week, averaged just over six yards at carry. Uh, pretty solid performance on the road against New York. Uh, there was a little bit more of a split with Chris and Michael getting that touchdown, drew a little more attention, um, but they seem perfectly fine uh, splitting it and they're not losing on any opportunities. So, He's going to be pretty steady the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, pretty cut and dry with him. I mean, he's been pretty reliable, you know, throughout. So, um, I think, yeah, just keep keep relying on him week to week to do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And then mine is just – we're just going to round out the the Wildcats offense here <laughs> as, as part of our studs. Um, Martez Carter on the Wildcats. I know we talked about him earlier. But, so fun um, to watch. Just had to give the Grambling State Tiger alum just a little bit more love. Um, 11 attempts, 34 yards, two touchdowns, long a 20, but then did some damage in the receiving game too. Caught all three of his targets for 41 yards and a touchdown that long of 18. Uh, that was a nice little uh, dump-off play. Had some shakes, you know, at the end um and you know finished um just awesome to watch him like i was saying um i mean if you take away the touchdowns it's not a super impressive you know stat line but at the same time like 
the dude, you know, you can't really take away the touchdowns just because that guy you could clearly see, you know, as soon as he got the ball, he was rolling downhill heading for that end zone. So, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, last week I know we talked about Elijah Hood and, um, you know, oh, yeah, he should be fine. You know, I don't think he's in danger of, any, of losing his job. No, he should be worried now about losing his job. Um, it, I mean, he just kind of, you know, Carter just kind of blew on the scene and just was like, knock, knock, I'm here. You know, let's let's play some football. Yeah, Hood um, is uh, – I think Hood's going to be done after that two yeah. weeks in a row. Yeah, and, you know, I don't, he didn't even play this past week. No. So, um, you know, definitely something to, um, to look into. I would expect Carter to get uh, a lot more work um, against the Guardians this week. All right, cool. Time for duds. Um, we're just going to shoot out McLoin. Uh, yeah. He was listed as our obligatory extra, obligatory <laughs> dud of the week. <laughs> dud of the week. Um, <laughs> it, it, we already talked about it, so we can yeah. we can glance over that. Uh, my dud quarterback though was Cardell Jones. He had those uh, uh, four interceptions, and from watching the game, at least three of them were just completely his fault. Like, yeah. No no explanation. It seemed like he had given up on the day. Pretty inaccurate. He was thirteen for twenty six with only one hundred three yards. So um, that was pretty rough. Uh, let's see what he can do going forward. Um, who was your quarterback dud? Quarterback dud of the week for me. Um, I got to give it to Mr. Brandon Silvers. Um, I mean, he looked really promising in the first half, but his second half uh, just kind of uh, really, you know, erased all the goodwill that he had built up in that first half. Um, yeah, um, I mean, he was taking some in- intermediate shots down the field, hit prole, you know, on a couple of big ones. Um, but, yeah, once once Dallas kind of started to gain just a little bit of momentum, he just kind of withered into the – Yeah, once line. he felt that pressure that he had to throw. And yeah, they were out, yeah. Really when the game was on his shoulders, he just – he couldn't rise to the occasion. But, um, yeah, I mean, the stat line wasn't terrible. 21-34, 204 yards, two touchdowns, an INT, 62% completion percentage, and 85.9 QBR. I mean – it's respectable. Yeah, but if you I, look at the box score, he's all right. But Yeah, yeah. I think it's just one of those ones where it's like, oh, you look at the, the hard numbers, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a respectable game. But when you watch, like, you know, the the situational football and kind of, you know, how the game was progressing, I think that's where he really fell short. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't wouldn't write him off, you know, for the rest of the year or anything like that. But definitely, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, more than a few people have him as their quarterback in their, their leagues and uh, we're not very happy at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the day. Um, but, um, yeah, dud quarterback for the week, Brandon Silvers. Cool. Uh, my wide receiver dud was Rashad Ross. It was kind of on the uh, receiving end of Cardale Jones, though. He only had one reception for 17 yards, which it started to look great, but he had five other targets with nothing. So one for six was pretty yep. rough, but I'm going to attest most of that to Cardale Jones this week. He should bounce back. That's fair. <laughs> All right, who do you got? Yeah, wide receiver. Uh, my guy, not necessarily a dud by his own, you know, doing, um, I think it was more so a product of how the game just kind of in, in general developed. Um, but yeah, it's going to be DeMorne Pearsonell of, uh, St. Louis. Um, you know, obviously St. Louis had a great home opener. They won, you know, pretty convincing fashion. Um, but, um, you know, as fantasy, you know, you know, you might not have the same luxury of having the, you know, you know, Kristen, Michael, Matt Jones, you know, yeah. have taken up those points. Um, if you did great, if not, you're probably relying on Pearson L to, you know, provide you a good amount of points for this week. Um, but, um, yeah, only on this list because he's, uh, you know, established himself as, you know, so dominant those first couple of weeks, especially in, you know, in terms of sucking up a lot of receptions. Um, yeah. St. Louis got up big early and, um, yeah, they just didn't need to risk on the ball. So they let, uh, Matt Jones, Chris and Michael have the game and just kind of played ball control football. Um, but I would, I would definitely expect him to bounce back, um, for sure. 
All right, cool. My running back, Dud, I just put the Seattle backfield. Um, <laughs> combined, Gardner, Farrell, and Williams. And if you even put Silvers in there with his rushing, they were under 100 yards. They were Oof. 99 yards combined. Rough. Yeah, I think Gardner, Farrell, and Williams all had about 30 yards each, which mm-hmm. was a little bit of an uptick for Williams as he hasn't really been a part of it, which we kind of called that last week with the other guys a little banged up. But nothing going. It, it was pretty weak. I mean yep. – for the most part, Pharaoh seems like a, a good outlet for Silvers when he's in there. A nice little dink and dunk, but uh, they got nothing going. I think they were comfortable being up the first half. Yeah. And then Silvers just couldn't put it together, together at the end. Yeah. All right. Who do you guys are dead? Yeah, my dud is uh, going to be the defenders' backfield. <laughs> it looks like we kind of both took a little bit of the same cop out, but you know, at the same time, I, th- I think these are. I guess you can kind of say, you know, another kind of one that's not really, you know, super their fault as to why they didn't perform. They got, you know, defenders got behind pretty quickly. Um, we're having, we're struggling on offense, you know, all day long. Um, combined for twelve yard or twelve carries, sixty yards, couple of catches between the two for combined eight yards of receiving yardage. Um, both of them averaged five yards a carry, but you know, LA got out so quick that they kind of just had to start throwing the ball a little bit. Um, and yeah, everything just kind of went wrong for DC in this one with their two, two backs, you know, who have both been, you know, pretty reliable up until this point, but you know, definitely dudded out, um, you know, won't go too deep into these guys. Cause it was mostly just a team effort to kind of flop out that, that hard. And, you know, special teams was bad. Defense was bad. Offense was bad. Yeah, it was rough. All right, cool. Let's just jump into the other two remaining. I'll just read through them. Um, special note to Donald Parham, the moose. The moose. Uh, seven targets, five receptions, two touchdowns, 101 yards in that huge 65-yard uh, catch. Yeah. That, that was ridiculous. I think he's the tight end in the XFL right now. The yeah, face of the tight emerged. end position. You know, he's, If you're looking for a Kittle, uh, Kittle, Kelsey, you know, Gronk type, um, you know, Parham's Parham's your dude, you know, as far as uh as far as tight ends in the XFL. Yeah. He's uh I think he's the only tight end or the only let's say this, the only non wide receiver in the top five for receptions right okay. now. Damn, I don't know good. if it was receptions or yards, but yeah, he's the only one that's it's uh non wide receiver up there. And then the other thing was a special note to that St. Louis special teams XFL's oh, yeah. first kickoff return. They did that wild oh, reverse. That's right. We didn't even mention that in the game review. Man, that's my bad. You know, I, I was in charge of the game reviews. Um uh, but yeah, shout out to St. Louis for their uh the first kick return touchdown. So I'm sure some some St. Louis uh defense special team owners, you know, were happy about that one. Yeah the the risk isn't all that crazy because at the point where they're doing the reverse, even if they get stuffed they're on the 20, 25. So, like, if you get stuffed, cool. It's just a normal, yeah. you know, touchback. But if it works, dude, yeah. touchdown, there's money. It. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. I yeah. was a little upset watching it, though. The I don't, I don't know which broadcast that was on. They just – he almost steps out before scoring, and they did not show the replay. It was so annoying. I was, like, oh. screaming at my TV for the replay. Yeah. They just didn't show it. It was so frustrating. Even though they were reviewing it, they like go up to the box, show the guy with the Xbox controller reviewing yeah. it, but they wouldn't show us the clip, which is a little annoying. But yeah. that's just the XFL working out their kinks. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they'll get on it, but uh, hopefully they're listening in and uh, they can get that cleaned up for us next week. <laughs> cool. Let's um, hit some uh, waiver wire ads and drops. Yep, yep, yep.
Cool, cool. Well, I'll just uh, go ahead and jump right in. Do you want to just do our, we'll both do our ads and then we'll uh, both do our drops after that? Yeah, let's just run through them like All that. right, cool. Ads, uh, you know, uh, how the segment works. Uh, we just each give one uh, player that we think is worth an ad, one player that's worth a drop. Uh, so, yeah, my first ad is going to be my uh, stud running back, Martez Carter. Um, I already ran through his stats earlier, so, you know, you can go back and listen to those if you really need to go back and, you know, do your, uh, your nitty-gritty uh, research, but um, yeah, just really exploded onto the scene. Was entertaining on the sidelines as well. I know you don't get fantasy points for that, but um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe they points should. You know, you, you get like you know two points for an interview or something like that. I don't know, but um, yeah, um, yeah, just um, I think that you know the XFL could really be cultivating a star here. You know his, but uh, his he's it's just got a got a pro- uh, continuous production first. Uh, I know it's a really small sample size, just being a game. So, um, but. You know, definitely by just how how well he you know performed in that first game, definitely worth the ad. Um, I would look for him to get majority. probably available too. Mo, yeah, most likely available, and that's the most that's the biggest reason. So he's, hard to find. He's my ad. Yeah, is um you know, um you know, not a lot of teams, not a lot of players in general. So you really got to be on the lookout for those people that pop up. You know, mid season, um and uh, yeah, he's most likely going to be available um in your league. So um go run up to the waiver wire and grab him asap. Cool. Uh, my ad for the week was Keenan Reynolds. I don't know if he's actually going to be available, but he's got nine receptions on 22 targets for 129 yards on the year. So he's ranked seventh on the year for targets, uh, but the receptions haven't quite caught up yet. So he's top 10 in yards, targets, uh, and receiving first downs, but outside of that for receptions. So his receptions should catch up to his targets. Uh, he's the only one in the top 10 that's got under 10 receptions for mm. wide receivers. So that okay. should bounce back a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's the Dragons. You got Silvers throwing to them. But um, if the uh, the run game for the Drags can get them up, Silvers is a lot more comfortable throwing the ball. Definitely. Definitely. And I think when you, just a little tidbit for you guys out there, when we're looking at, you know, possible people who could, you know, be forecasted for a nice big game, like those targets and receptions discrepancies, you know, if you're seeing a big one there where it's like, Hey, they're throwing to this guy. He's just not, you know, either, you know, either they're not quality throws or he's just not making the play, whatever it might be, but he's getting his opportunity. So right. I think we, yeah, when you look at um, the, that target, he's in the game with, plan. Yeah. yeah, they want to get him the ball, nine receptions and, you know, 22 targets being the more important number when we're trying to forecast those um, valuable, um, you know, people that um, for later on. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Just, uh, jumping into my drop for the week. Um, I'm going to go with any Guardians pass catcher or quarterback. <laughs> I mean, we won't rail on McGloin, uh, Matt McGloin too much uh, more, but yeah. um, it's worth noting, you know, at least, you know, as a rationale is for why I don't think any, you know, Guardians pass catchers are viable options, at least reliable options. Um, definitely not with any, any um, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, you know, type field. Maybe, maybe you throw in like a, a Colby Pearson or a Mikhail McKay, you know, in a flex spot, you know, if you really need a big week, maybe. Yeah. But McKay still leads in targets after this week, but yeah. What targets? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, McGloin's busting hard. Nobody can get the ball. So the wide receivers and tight ends, they've got, you know, skillful or, uh, yeah, skilled players, you know, that can make plays, but nobody can get them the ball in their hands. So that's been a problem. Um, they need to prove that they got, they can be sustainable options right now. They're not doing that. Um, Maybe if we see a quarterback change or if McGloin can just kind of ride the ship when he's at home, you know, he'll be fine. But, um, you know, right now, Marquis Williams finished the game with a QBR of 67.1. McGloin with 56.6. They combined 15 for 26 
for 178 yards and a one pick. Um, so yeah, just don't expect. There putting, might be something there later in the year, but right now, yeah, as off. of right now, you keep your hands off of any possible pass catcher or quarterback for the Guardians. Yeah, um, I had no drop this week. I found myself just looking at a list of terrible players, and I was just, it just, I couldn't do it. I was like, <laughs> I can't keep looking at this, and it's so hard with season long fantasy to find who is actually rostered and who isn't because the alt fantasy sports site is yeah. I don't know, kind yeah. of up to par. So I didn't put anybody down. I mean, yours was almost a cop out yourself. Yeah, Guardians, a little pass bit. catchers and quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took a very blanket <laughs> approach to that. But you know what? That's I'll just say you can probably drop Truesdale from the Vipers. Yeah, try and pick somebody else up with higher upside. He's not getting any targets. Yeah, and he's made mistakes with the targets that he has gotten. Right. Um, and you know, I think a couple fumbles and you know some stuff like that. So, um. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair assessment there. Um, all right, that's it for ad drops. Um, uh, hopefully, we'll have a couple more next week, um, and you know, just some more um, solidified, you know, players that we can make some more confident decisions on. I think it's, it's going to get easier as, as the sample along. size yeah. gets bigger. Yeah, exactly. And we kind of know know what we're working with heading into uh, week five after week four here. Um, but yeah, segment uh, five. Are we going to preview those week three games for you? Week or four week four games, games I should say. Update Sorry. that. Uh, boop. All right, week four. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get into it. This week's matchup previews. Oh, definitely our silkiest drop. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> All right. If you uh, want to uh, kick the first one up, I'm just pulling up the uh, um, the spreads real fast, so we have the uh, oh, teams that yeah. are favored. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah. So um, game number one uh, in the preview order: um, DC versus Tampa Bay. That's going to be in Tampa Bay at. I'm just going to coin it the snake pit just because that <laughs> sounds awesome. Um, probably the closest game to call this week. Uh, Tampa started off the season looking like the worst team, but they actually put up a pretty res- – I mean, as respectable of a loss as you can put up uh, against the best team in the league, Houston, last week. Um, you know, had it within seven points there, so it wasn't like they were, um, you know, completely out of it or anything like that. Um, they had their shot to win it, you know, and, you know, they could have even won it if they scored a touchdown and wanted to go for two or three, whatever it might have been. Um, so, um, yeah, I think um, if Cardell Jones can uh, – get back to finding his receivers, limit his turnovers. Um, TC is going to make it a tough matchup. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think it will be too. Um, Tampa Bay is going to come out hungry, pissed off, kind of how the Wildcats, I think, played this week. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tampa Bay get their first dub um, at all, especially with how poorly DC played. You know, it, it's going to be hard for them to have to, uh, you know, bounce back like that. Um yeah, is oddly yeah. enough the spread is zero. Well, the spread is even. Yeah, I think uh, this morning when I was looking at it, I was trying to remember. Um, Tampa Bay was favored by one. So okay, it's moved back to even. Wow. So I mean, I don't even know how you bet something like that. So uh, yeah, look for that uh, probably uh, that line to probably move. Um, you know, over the next couple of days, obviously um, going to be a close one. I don't know if you want to mess with the spread. Uh, you know, playing action on that, but you know, we can get into that a little bit a little bit later. 
Cool. Um, Next game. Yeah. All right. We got uh, St. Louis versus Seattle. Um, huge spread here. St. Louis favored by 12. Uh, yeah. St. Louis on the year averages almost 50 more passing yards and 50 more rushing yards a game than Seattle. Um, yeah. I think we're going to look for Jordan Tom just to continue his hyper accuracy, just being a great game manager. He's got 75% pass completion on the year. He just knows when to run and when to throw. So I think that they're just going to, they're going to game manage the, the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And Seattle, I mean, with just how inconsistent they've been, I mean, we've seen how good they can be. We can see how poor they can be and, you know, heading into a rockin' environment like they are in the battle dome, um, you know, this weekend, um, I don't know if they'll win by 12, but I don't expect uh, Seattle to put up, uh, you know, too big of a fight unless they come out and just really surprise everybody. Um, yeah. I, not much more on that one though. No, no, yeah. uh, pretty, pretty cut and dry. We, I think we both really expect St. Yeah. Louis to win. Yeah. I think um, this is probably the easiest one to call out of, uh, out of all of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game, we've got New York versus LA and this is at New York. We've got LA favored by seven. Um, let's see here. What did I put there? New York was hell. I don't mess up the show doc, but anyway, um, I'm, I would expect LA to win on the road here. Yeah. Um, New York struggles at quarterback are really holding them back and LA is coming off a huge home win. Is that their first win? Yep. Yeah. They, they lost their, both their first games, but put up respectable points. So, uh, on the road, it's a big, big move out there to New York, but I think they're going to have no problem taking over. Um, look for Josh Johnson to get a roll with his third start. Spread the ball around a little yeah. bit more. You got anything else to I th- say? I think this is just one where it's clearly L.A. has a lot more talent than New York, at least to what we've seen so far. New York has a somewhat decent defense. I don't think they're a great defense. No. I don't think they're – I don't know if I would necessarily good, call them good, but if they can play some average defense and hold um, – hold LA to, you know, maybe under 20 points, they might have a shot at winning it, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I would, uh, look for LA to roll. Um, although I might be intrigued in taking that minus seven spread. Yeah. Maybe the spread. I think these last two games are the easiest ones to pick. I definitely see St. Louis winning. And I mean, LA on the road is what's giving me any sort of pause, but uh, I definitely think LA is the better team. All right. The, uh, the next game, we've got a Texas battle here. Houston is favored to win by one against Dallas. Uh, they're the only two teams with over 700 in total passing yards um, each through the year, so it should be it should be a pass heavy shootout. Nice. Um, Dallas averages more. Wait, you're telling me this is going to be a good old fashioned Texas shootout? <laughs> good old fashioned Texas shootout. That's what I like. <laughs> Some tombstone shit. All right. Yeah. Um, Dallas averages more rushing and passing yards and total yards per game than Houston, um, but Houston averages 14 more points a game. So their their efficiency is wild. They're scoring yeah. so so much faster than Dallas. So Dallas is struggling to get the ball into scoring position and actually finishing, but they're moving the ball further. Nice. Um, let's see here. Let me see. Oh yeah. So Houston is averaging thirty three points a game, and we got Dallas only averaging nineteen point three. Yeah. So they're gonna have to kick up the offense a little bit. I I think I go with the favorite team, Houston, in this game. Yep. Yeah, I think I would too, and I, th- I see the line right there um, is only at minus one uh, in favor of Houston. So, um, yeah, um, you know, you might be able to uh, finagle some uh, some of uh, bets on setting your own line, you know, if you want to get a little crazy with it. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely take Houston there. Um, yeah, great breakdown. I think um, just the efficiency at which Houston is scoring can't really – Dallas won't be able to um, – 
hang with it. Um, you know, they're not going that far, you know, distance wise, you know, Houston's right down the road, you know, maybe an hour or two drive, uh, from, uh, from Dallas. So, um, yeah, I think, um, look for, uh, maybe not as high scoring of a game as we've seen, but I think, you know, if both teams, you know, all else is equal, Houston should come out on top. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's move into our best bets for the week. Maybe same thing that happened last week. Doesn't want to play. Time for those best bets. All right, same thing as last week. We're going to give you our picks each week for the money line. Uh, if we've got any good over-under spread bets or any parlays we think are worth it, we'll throw them up there. Uh, disclaimer every week, we're not pros. This is just our take. Yeah. Um, I'm going to review last week's bets and then where we stand with our total bets, and then we'll get into our picks for the week. So Sweet. Um, last week, Houston v. Tampa Bay, we both picked Houston. Easy money there. Um, Dallas versus Seattle, we were both swayed because we wanted Seattle and the Dragons to win, and we were wrong. Should have seen that uh, Dallas is good on the road. And then the uh, St. Louis versus New York, we both picked St. Louis. Easy money. Easy. And then we were split on the D.C. Los Angeles game. Mark with the correct choice of L.A., and I chose D.C. And then our other bets, we had uh, written down Houston to cover that minus 5.5, which they did. Uh, we had the under on the Houston versus Tampa game, which didn't cover. And then we covered the L.A. Uh, minus 8. Uh, and then let me just run through, I guess, our records and where we're at. Yep. Uh, I'm three out of – or Mark is three out of four. I am two out of four of my bets. Brian's got nothing yet. Our best bets that we put down the St. Louis and Houston game were two for two. Um, of the other bets that we had spreading over-unders were two out of three. Overall, we're seven out of 11. Hey, not bad. Yeah, not too crazy. Not bad. You're over 50% in sports <laughs> gambling, man. You're making money. You're winning. You're winning some ched. All right. Um, yeah. Um, as far as jumping into – oh, actually, I do see a nice little note here that uh, you so lovingly left here. Uh, just interesting trend so far that um, that I think we mentioned uh, earlier in the game. We did. Eight out of the 12 games played it uh, played the home team as one. So definitely keep uh, in mind those, uh, those home and away splits, um, you know, fantasy-wise as well as, you know, betting-wise as, uh, you know, too. We'll track that throughout the year, too. Yeah. If yeah, that yeah. stays a trend, that might just be – Yeah, we'll keep taking a look, you know, making sure that those 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 splits stay consistent, at least in enough dimension for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, jumping into those money line picks, though. Um, looks like, yeah, we had LA minus seven uh, going on the road uh, to New York uh, over under – set at 40 um i mean if we're going with that um that money line i think we both got la yeah. um although i wouldn't be surprised if new york somehow finagled a win just right i have paused the travel putting that i put best bet next to it but just because it's not a home game i, I think i'm gonna erase take it, it out erase right. it yeah i don't I we don't, don't have to have to that's so. all right that's all right yeah but I mean, we both pick la we think la is gonna win on yeah. the road yeah, looking at uh, looking at our, our list here, I think we actually uh, were unanimous across the board here as far as money Boring, lines but. go. Boring, but we'll still give them to you in case you guys want to throw down a um, uh, a parlay or something like that. Even though you know we have all of the uh, the favorite teams winning it um, next week. So we'll, yeah, we'll trick Brian into taking some yeah some takes that we don't. Yeah, like. that'll be easy. Uh, game two, <laughs> St. Louis at home. 
Favorite to win by 12 against Seattle. Over-under is 38.5. We both picked Seattle or St. Louis to win. Definitely our best bet of the week. Yeah. Yeah. If you want some easy money or you need like a last leg of a parlay to throw in there, even if it won't add much value, do it. Right. Um, third game, we've got Houston favored by one against Dallas. Dallas is at home. The over-under is 50, which I get the shootout 50. Both teams are crazy pass happy. We both think Houston's going to win. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much else to it. I wouldn't put it down as a best bet, though. Both teams with that crazy offense. No. Anything, anything can happen. It's not much of a home game for Dallas because Houston's not flying across the country. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to have too much of a pull. Yeah. And then let's see our last game here. Fourth game, Tampa Bay's at home. They were favored to win by one. It's moved to zero versus D.C. Over-under is 43-and-a-half. And we both put down Tampa Bay, which I would not have said after week one or two. No, no. And I think that just goes with how well Tampa Bay bounced back against the best team in the league, Houston. They looked pretty formidable. Um, and D.C. looking equally as poor in yeah. L.A. on the road. And, uh, you know, with, you know, D.C. being on the road again, I know it's not as far, but I I wouldn't expect a, a, a quick bounce back after a performance like that. I mean, you saw it happen to the Guardians in St. Louis. Right. Um, I so. think Cardale Jones is definitely not going to throw four interceptions. Uh, he's definitely going to get talked to pretty sternly about that. Uh, he pretty much gave that game away, so I think he's going to be a little more conservative, which is going to make it a close game. Yeah, definitely. Um, other bets, we didn't have any. I didn't feel comfortable betting any of the overs. Yeah. Um, I – personally probably wouldn't even bet that la versus new york la would win i'd probably bet the spread that they'd cover yeah uh, i think that that's new york could cover that's right? probably uh, like as long as outliers i think new york could cover that yeah that that plus seven i'm, um, not, I'm not even willing to put it down though as I, something that no not as like a best bet or anything like that um i mean my heart sees this this minus 12 that st louis has and i want to take seattle to cover that but I honestly think that it's going to be nasty beat down for Seattle um, on the road in St. Louis. Um, I think that I think the same thing is going to happen to them that the Guardians, you know, I think it literally could be the same. I don't see I, I could easily see, you know, Seattle, you know, kicking three field goals, you know, throughout the game and then 100%. just having, you know, everybody else kind of, uh, you know, run rough shot all over them and, and do whatever they want. So, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think that uh, does it for episode two. Uh, week three review, week four preview. Uh, look for us to add our third Brian next week. Episode two in the books. Um, yeah, should have our third hopefully. Um, you know, coming coming uh, next week. Um, Brian, don't flake out on us. There's there's people here that want your uh, yeah, your opinion Brian. on things. Come on, um, man. But uh, yeah, um, awesome. Cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with us, talking some XFL, talking some fantasy, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah, I know we promised it this week, but we'll have some uh, email or website or something. We're going to change the platform next week. I'll get it done. Uh, and then we'll have a way for you to reach out to us. But uh, let's uh, let's get out of here. The XFL Fantasy Guys. You make that heat go away. Come on, get. Come on, girl, get. Just got jammed. <laughs>